Hello, and welcome back to another podcast. Um, today, coming off of our uh, little March, we're in April now. Sad to see March go again. Congratulations Congrats to Kansas. Jayhawks. Yeah. You're <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, but before we get into this, how's it going? How are things going? How was your race? It was. It was a good. It was good. We didn't get to do any live content when I was back at the crib, but we had a good weekend. I would say. I would hope that you had a good weekend too. Um, ran a nice 10k with our with our sister at Disney, and then uh, spent time with the fam. You know, it was a good weekend. How how are you doing? Splendid. Um, you know, I this is another one of uh, my run podcasts, so it's going to be a good one. Um, you know that when Jacob runs them, they're mediocre. When I run them, they're really good. So let's just get right into it. We're going back to the NBA. Finally, unfamiliar territory for me, at least. I've been locked on college, have not seen a thing going on in the NBA except for everyone scoring 50 points every other night. So you're a little behind on that one. I mean, I, I, I know like the common stuff that's going on, I just don't know what teams are doing exactly. Um, so I'm basically just going to be a moderator in this one. We're just going to let Jacob free reign because this is his uh, his domain, as some may call it. Um, so how's, how, you know what, to start off, how has the NBA been going for you? Have you, what are some teams you've been gravitating towards recently? I have recently been really gravitating, gravitating toward the Milwaukee Bucks. The uh, the Warriors, the New Orleans Pelicans, and I would probably say Dallas. Probably Dallas, but Dallas has been like a whole year thing. I've really enjoyed watching Dallas from the jump. Um, been really just like I've been trying to lock in more now to more of the playoff teams and not as much to like like the Pelicans are my outlier because like they are a playing team I I I think that they could get themselves an eight seed but um it's more so I'm watching now to really lock in on teams that I think could do something when the lights get brighter so yeah, yeah. sounds good sounds good so. My first thing, some trends that I have seen recently. We're going to start off by talking with the Boston Celtics. So they have been one of the hottest teams in basketball. They started their season. uh, Their worst point, I guess you could call it, was 18 and 21. And they were, I think, out of the eight seed. I think they were around the 10 seed at that point. Yeah. Um. And since that that point in the year, they have gone from there. So I'm trying to do the math quick. Uh, 31 and 10 or 31 and 9 since that point. Right now they're sitting on a 49 and 30 record and the second team in the East, two games behind the Miami Heat. 
So just tell me some some few a few things that uh, Boston has changed from the beginning of the year till now. I know we have touched on this a little bit in previous podcasts with their defense that you have been very interested in. But since um, Robert Williams has gotten hurt, which kind of put a dent in there a little bit in their schemes, uh, kind of tell me how they're dealing with that, what they've changed from that, and what they've changed from the beginning of the year kind of. Well, okay, so let me start with their defense in general. So in general, they're very switchy, one through four. Um, They've been more selective recently with their switching, including games with Robert Williams. But their whole goal is to stay up into the ball and really apply that pressure at the point with their length and size across the board that's also very athletic and versatile. Um, They try to put Robert Williams as the low man so he could chill out and be that paint presence, be that shot blocker that he is great at being. Um, So since he's been hurt, Tice has been playing very well. Um, It's only been like three games, three or four games that they've played. Uh, they've been getting good production off Grant Williams, Tice, uh, even like Cornets coming in games and like giving them decent production, but it's not the same as Williams just because of his shot blocking presence, but Tice does a really good job at just being physical. So he'll be a paint presence in different ways because he's not as tall. He's not, a, not athletic compared to Williams at all. Um, but he's physical, he's strong, he's broad, he's a big-time screen setter, and defensively, he's a good communicator, and he's good at like connecting, he understands these guys, he has a relationship with these guys already. He's playing with new life also after being in Houston and then being traded there at the deadline. And another big piece for them has been Derek White since the deadline. Derek White shooting the ball at a really good clip for them. Defensively, I think he's been a great addition to their scheme. Being a 6'4", 190 athletic, got good length, he flies around, he does his job at a really good level. Um, Just being able to go out there, he's had 23 games for Boston, averaging nearly 11 points per game. He's not shooting it nearly as efficiently as you'd want. He's shooting 397 from the field, 28.6 from deep. Um, But he's just giving good minutes. He's in their closing lineup. Instead of having two bigs, he'll be in there with Smart, him, Tatum, Brown, and probably Horford to start the playoffs. Um, And they're just like, Udoka did an awesome job formulating this defense. They struggled at the beginning of the year, but he came in, he had a vision for this group, understood the strengths of them, especially like, they've never been an outstanding defense, but... They've always been a very explosive offense. Their offense is not their strength by any means. Their offensive ranking is eighth. So, like, they're still a very high-level offense, but defensively is where they dominate with the number one defensive rating at 106.1. They got that length and size across the board. They're very switchy. They make it tough for offenses to find any flow, any rhythm. Um, So... Yeah, um, it's going to be tough for them in the first round, especially say they end at the two and Brooklyn ends up at seven. That's that's tough. Like uh, Brooklyn, I think that Boston wins that series just because Brooklyn struggles mightily as a defense. But um, 
that's uh that's probably another story for another day after the play in. Just a uh, few more stats that, or one more stat that I want to throw in is since the all-star break, uh, this is kind of going into our next one, not so much something for you to build off of, but um, since the all-star break, they have had the highest point differential at 11.9 and the second team below them is who I want to ask you about next. I did not write this in our plans, but the Memphis Grizzlies, Oh, they have had they had the second highest point differential with uh sorry uh 10 10.5 since the all-star break so kind of i want or 10.8 sorry i read that wrong um i just wanted to ask not so much going into everything that they do but what are the differences between i know they're 20 and 2 without or 21 and 2 now maybe without john Morant. yeah um so what are the differences with their team with John Morant on the floor and without him on the floor? So with him on the floor, you know who's going to get the ball late game and like in like scoring situations. Defensively, they do the same thing. Defensively, you're not going to see changes. They're a top, they're sixth defense. Like they're a really high level lead, group at that end of the floor. Lead, and they, huh? They lead the league in blocks and mm-hmm. steals. Yes, they're highly frenetic. They're active. Um, like I, I, the video came out today that we're recording on Tuesday. It came out today about Minnesota and their frenetic defense, and Memphis is just on a different level with that. Like they're not as switchy. They're more physical in their like frenetic in, like their activity where they'll get up into you and not really switch. They'll really stay connected to you and like force you into different areas of the floor while. Minnesota is more, I'm going to switch and get up into you and make you like work in this, the area that you're going while Memphis is more forcing, but a lot of their changes happen offensively where yes, jaw won't be the guy every time late game, he'll be willing to give it up to a hot hand. Like Desmond Bain has gotten his opportunities late game. Dylan Brooks has gotten his opportunities late game in the past two years. Um, it's not like Jaws taking over one-on-one all the time, and he understands when it's his time to go and when he should get his guys going. So when it's not him on the floor, you have these guys still. You have very talented perimeter scorers that can get downhill, create for themselves, create for their teammates, and they play with incredible spacing, great movement. Um, they have awesome action off of Steven Adams still. It's just getting better with time. From the beginning of the year, it's been awesome to watch them feed him at the elbow, split action away, or triple at, triple bunch away. Just like a ton of different options with high-level scorers, and it creates confusion for the defense. It's a big-time action with big-time players that can just do it consistently. But then going back to when Jaws out, you still have all these guys. You got Shake Milton. You got Dylan Brooks. You got Desmond Bain. You got Jaron Jackson Jr. If he's not in foul trouble, he's a guy that could put it on the bounce and create for himself also. These guys are all – they can all get downhill, create – They like Desmond Bain had a big game against Brooklyn. You got Dylan Brooks coming off for 20. You'll get Milton coming downhill, like being that like Jordan Clarkson-esque guy off the bench for them. It's just everybody's spreading the wealth. And like, hey, if you're hot, I'm going to keep giving it to you. Oh, 
I don't want this one. You get this one. And it's all, they're playing more team basketball, which I think when you throw Ja back into that mix, it's going to just be like, oh, dang, we got to guard all these guys and this upcoming probably like next face of the NBA type deal guy. Like, it's it's tough. And Ja, ja in general just gives you a handful to deal with with his ability to finish at the rim through anything basically and just his open floor vision is passing he's he's an incredible talent and he just has a really good supporting cast around him that can do a lot by themselves mm-hmm. uh, Memphis is definitely one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now they are current currently have the second best record and just the 21 and two record without their best player certainly helps that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go on to another team. Uh, we're going to stay on the defensive end. You like defense. Um, and we're going to go to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they Desert. have been one of the best defenses all year, most consistent defenses, or they've, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, so kind of just talk a little bit about what they do on defense that helps them be one of the best in the NBA and um, tell us, like, say what's, tell us what the impact is of having that good defense and where they are right now in the rankings. So as a defense, just to give a number first, they're the seventh overall defense with a 109.2 defensive rating. And, First things first, the thing that is making them so good at this end of the floor is their connectivity. So they're really good at collapsing to the paint, really protecting. And then as a group, they communicate well, they X out, they rotate out to shooters. You don't get many good quality looks from deep, even though the Milwaukee Bucks kind of just lit them up the other day from three. But that's besides the point. Um, They just, they have the ability to do so many different things, but then they still stick to their guns. So they like icing the sides of the floor. They like pinning the offense to a side, really loading up that paint, making you like as an offense, like you're stuck. You can't really reverse the ball easily. They're really active in the gaps. I believe that the most impressive part of their defense though is their ability to rotate, their ability to fly out, out to shooters, run them off the line, help the helper, peel off like all of those things that just are really tight-knit community based defense where it's not one-on-one you're not worried about just the point of attack like i'm gonna do my job here and hope to god that you don't blow by me and then get an easy two they're really connected on that help side and that's been their strength all year they got they might not have the best individual defenders like uh dorian finney smith and Maxi Kleba are probably their best individual defenders. But, like, besides that, it's just very team-based. They do a great job. I think that the addition of Spencer Dinwiddie has been big time for their guard defense, where you don't have to worry about putting Luka on a faster, more athletic two-guard. But Luka, I'm not going to lie, Luka's been underrated defensively this year. He's been doing his job. He's had plenty of possessions each game where he's staying in front, forcing a change in direction, forcing a pass out. Like His ability to stay with a guy for two or three dribbles is more than what he needs to do at that end of the floor, and it's just showing that he is become, like progressing more and more as an overall player. Um, but Dallas's defensive 
abilities. Being that top 10 defense from the start to the finish of the year has been huge for them. Jason Kidd's done an awesome job. And I think Dallas could be that team in the West that really can make some noise as like under the cover, like you might not be ready for them. Um, hopefully, I, I really like them. I want to see them make a little bit of a run, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about a lot of these top teams, um, but we haven't touched on the best team in the NBA. And I could I I haven't gone completely rogue from the NBA. I did watch a little bit of Phoenix, so I could add a little bit of insight on this one, but I'm mainly going to leave it to you. So it's not even a question. Just talk about Phoenix's dominance. So they're just playing their brand of basketball, man. Uh they they're going out there on a nightly basis. They're winning these games. They're the best clutch team in the NBA by a mile. Um they, their third offense, third defense. You, you. They have a chance to be sixty-five and nineteen. Just think, they're gonna, they're gonna arrest everybody though, so they're not gonna. That, I'm saying that they go three and three. Like I'm saying that they split. You win sixty-five games. You're in an elite club of teams. Like that's an elite bunch. Um, I. Like, it goes beyond numbers. This group, they just got – they're one of the deepest teams in the league. Um, They have two guys on their bench that could start anywhere in the NBA uh, between Cam Payne and Cam Johnson. Um, JaVale McGee has been incredible for them. Regardless of how much of a meme the guy might be, he has been awesome for them off the bench because that was their weakness last year. They didn't have a backup big – now they got back a big that's doing his job very well, and he's filling in for Aiton, who Aiton's been in and out. They got three backup bigs now. <laughs> yeah, they got a uh, Biombo too now. Um, they're just like having fun too, though. Like they're da- dancing and seeing him before a game. They're going out there like there's a play that like Biombo had a give and go with Chris Paul and he was smiling. He ran up right to him, gave him a high five mid, like running back on defense defensively. They're very connected. Um, like I was saying Dallas was connected, but Phoenix is on a different level. Like they're just, they're switching. I love their activity as a switching defense one through four. If you want to get nitty gritty, like really pinning teams to the side, switching high and like if you set a screen in the middle of the floor they'll switch up and into like a direct weak or ice where say it's a double ball screen first one's your four man so it'll be jay crowder will lift up and be flat and the ball has to run into him and then the bottom side will be the ice so you're trapping the like you're putting the guy in a tight ice right away like without any options um them is a ball screen defense. I like how they like their icing is phenomenal. They really sit above the screen. Aiton does a great job in drops. Uh, everybody's getting better. Booker is probably going to finish fifth in MVP. Uh, but they are a phenomenal group and they should be the favorites to win the West. Yeah, just I was I was just gonna add to their uh, the depth, um, like you said, they, that's that's the main reason why they have this record. They've been so consistent this entire year because of this depth that they have. Um, 
D-Book and Chris Paul were out for a little while. Chris Paul has been out. He just came back two or three games ago um, since All-Star break. And uh, through that period, they haven't dropped off at all. Like, I, I thought once I heard the news about Chris Paul, I thought they were going to lose. Like, they'd go 500 without him. But uh, not only campaign, but Aaron Holiday, too, huge pickup. He stepped up uh, in that time missing Chris Paul, but that's that's just going to help them into the playoffs. And then offensively, they're I feel like they've been having a lot more fun. Like I don't know if that's I, they're keeping it so simple that it's hard to guard. Like those those like tight zooms, and then like <laughs> we run four actions and nobody could guard it. Well, because they just they get they get Chris Paul, they get Booker, and they get Aiton in spots that they are very comfortable in. So exactly, exactly. Like as a defense, like you're prepping for them, you're like, oh, I know what you're about to do, but it's like. How do you stop it? Because say like they run their like they got their zip into a veer. All right. So it's a zip into a flow ball screen that veers off. And you're just like, all right, so say we it goes to Chris Paul off the zip, and then he's it's going into a ball screen. Are you gonna blitz it? Are you gonna weak it? What are you gonna do? Because whatever you do, their shooters wide, you have eight and diving to the rim. You got Chris Paul, who's one of the best playmakers ever to play basketball, with the ball in his hand. Say it's even Booker. You get Booker blitzing Booker. Booker's improved incredibly as a playmaker. You can't, like, put two bodies on these guys, or it's going to be hit the open guy and it's game over. You're getting a good shot, regardless if it's at the rim or at the corner three or above the break. Like, something good is coming from that. So, if you just drop, these these incredible scorers of Booker and CP are going to just get to their spots and create... Um, if you help too much off these shooters, that's just a great shot waiting to happen. Um, it's it's tough. It's a tough. They have so many guys that are very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mikel Bridges too. I'm gonna go back to the defensive end. He is one like he is. He is a case for. Best. Oh, for sure. He's for he defensive player of the year. Um, he is a case. He is one of the best, if not the best, on like one-on-one defenders and team defenders in the entire NBA. Um, just his length is like he, he's six six. He seems like he's like six eight out there. <laughs> his length is insane. Like he's uh, who who did they play the Bulls a few weeks ago? And he or I forget who it was. It might have been OKC. One of those. I forget. Um, but it was they had a game winning shot, uh, a three pointer, and he blocked it for the win. So like he's his his activity on the defensive end, but just the depth of this team, um, the simplicity of both offense and defense. But at the same time, they do that so well that it's just so consistent, and they're they've been one of the best and most impressive teams this entire NBA season. Um, but to go off of that, we're going to go down to one of the most incons from mo- one of the most consistent teams to one of the most inconsistent and disappointing seasons in the entire NBA. And we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Their fate is rested upon the uh, San Antonio Spurs. They have to have the Spurs go two and four, I believe. Uh, or two and three in their last five, five or six games. Uh, I'm not. That, really that's sure given that the Lakers win. They have the fifth hardest strength of schedule remaining. They have uh, Denver twice, right? They just played Denver uh, Sunday, and they play them again. I think later this week. 
uh, next this upcoming Sunday, which is their last one. They have Phoenix tonight, Tuesday, so you guys know uh, who won that one already. Um, then they're at Golden State Thursday, and then Friday <laughs> they got OKC at home. Um, uh, their last four games, they're – uh, three on the road, one at home. They're on a currently on a six-game losing streak. Um, this is it's just it's has not been good for the Lakers. Um, uh, a bright side is the Spurs have the third hardest strength of schedule, but the Spurs have been playing pretty solid lately. Um, but just talk a little bit about the inconsistencies of this Lakers team. Well. Um, I know I know you don't enjoy watching them. <laughs> that's what I like. I've watched. I've dabbled. Um, I just. I feel. I, mean, bad. I, I watched. I watched the Denver game, and they just did not look locked in. I know LeBron didn't play, but just in general, I mean, like, Anthony Davis had a day though. I'm he not... did, but everybody else is just kind of like. I mean, Monk has been a spark plug for them. Um. Wenyan Gabriel's been a solid pickup, uh, but everybody else just seems like they're like going through the motions kind of thing. It doesn't seem like they have to go five like Denver. They had to go five and zero. Now they only have four games left, but they have to go five and zero and hope that someone else loses. Like you, it doesn't seem like they have that sense of urgency right now. It's a, uh, it's tough. Um, they're gonna blame health. I know if they're going to blame health because they had so many guys hurt for so long stretches, but I think at the I, I can't I'm not even going to blame Frank Vogel. Like I was listening to the Hoop Collective today, and when Windhorse said this and it like completely like made sense. He was like, "You can't blame Vogel because he's like a superb chef that his knives were taken from him, and now he's asked to make a gourmet meal." Like. He's a defensive coach, and tell me what he has that could amount to a great defense. Like, when he won the championship, he had legitimate defenders between Danny Green. He had Rondo on that bench. He had... That's Carmelo Anthony. Like, Anthony Davis, LeBron... um. That championship team, like, he was able to create a defensive identity with. His stars were bought in. This team, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I don't see a championship team or even a playoff team starting Austin Reeves. Like, I'm not no shade, but, like, this, like, he's playing phenomenal, but he is not a guy that I would imagine. He's a rookie. That's, like, that's all you have to Like, he's. He's an in- inexperienced NBA player. I mean, he could become something like that later on in his career, but he's a rookie right now. He's not ready for that, especially in the spotlight that you need to be in uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers that has LeBron and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook on the team. They're in the bottom 10 for both offensive and defensive fit- or ratings. Um, the issues are numerous. Like, I... They can't find anything consistent. Guys are always hurt. They they don't shoot the ball well. There's very stagnant offense. Defensively, they like can't seem to even just like contain the ball. As you there's no sense of urgency. There's no oomph like, hey, we gotta do this. Like I I 
I wish for the sake of LeBron and Anthony Davis that this wasn't how this was going to go, but it's going to be tough. And they don't even have their pick. Their pick goes to, right now it's probably going to New Orleans if things stay the way that it's going to be. But if they win and make the play in, it might go to Memphis. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, Their struggles go beyond anything on the floor, I think, though. I think from a structural standpoint, this team was set up not to be – like it's it's tough for this team to see a championship contender. I feel bad for LeBron though. Like we were talking about this when over the weekend, uh, he's having one of his best seasons and he's at thirty seven. Like he he's averaging thirty points, eight rebounds, and six assists, and yeah. they are uh, thirty one and forty seven. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very it's very very sad to see this. Um, Hey, I'm hoping that they reload. They they put some. I don't even know what they could do with their cap situation, but they just they need a good off season. That's what. Yeah, they could have had DeRozan and Buddy Heald. Yeah. So. And still have half their team that they had last year, but. Uh, going off of that. Um, let's talk a little playoffs. Let's talk what, what we think is going to happen, even though our predictions really suck, apparently, from the March Madness episodes. Um, but kind of, let's just, uh, I could uh, add on to this too. Um, but let's just talk about uh, play-in, where we think teams are going to be in the play-in, what we're excited about in the play-in, and then kind of just certain matchups that we would like to see um first rounds further on in the playoffs like just talk a little bit about that so let's start with the play-in in the um, east just kind so, of review that a little bit so for the east there's a sleeping giant in brooklyn um right now they're the 10 seed so if they were to start today they'd have two road games which would be very tough um they can't guard, so right now if they played Charlotte, that game would end like 155 to 152. Um, not sure who would win, to be honest. Uh, I think that – I'm going to say Cleveland will make it, will win that first game because they're pretty much locked for the seven. Um, if they – they'll win, I think. Garrett Allen. If he could come back, I mean... I think that they can win without him. I could trust that they'd beat Atlanta. I think that the winner of the 9-10 will actually beat Atlanta. Uh, I know Atlanta's been playing well of late, but I think that that winner will get that chance. But say it's Brooklyn, I don't think Brooklyn has a shot. I don't think Brooklyn will beat... I, I think it could go six games, but just because of their lack of defense, I don't I don't know... If they'd be able to do it, like their defense is really bad. Um, I know that I value defense highly, and that's kind of like my viewpoint of things. But if you, I like, I don't care how many points you score, but like, if you can't stop someone and you just try to get into a score, like you'd be stuck with Miami. Okay, Miami's the fourth defense. Miami did a good job against them in the regular season at slowing them down a little bit. Except 
the last meeting. The last meeting they didn't have Jimmy playing though. So I think in a playoff setting, you wouldn't like that series would end in the low hundreds every game. So like that's not Brooklyn's way that they're gonna win games. They need to win games in the one thirties and a high higher than that. Um I just don't see that happening for four games. I don't see Brooklyn being able to beat any of these top... Like, there's still chances of movement in the top of the East. So, say they match up with Boston. I don't see them outscoring Boston with their elite defense for four games. They get Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee would dominate in a playoff setting. I think Philly would be their best shot, but I don't think Philly will sneak up that high. Um, there's still movement on the backside based on Miami's playing Charlotte tonight and Charlotte could lose and then Brooklyn will move up. But, um, I don't know, but I would definitely pick Cleveland to come out as the seven. Not to go off topic, but how do you think Ben Simmons would have impact that defense in Brooklyn? Uh, I don't think he'd play a lot, but. That's tough. I think a lot of their a lot of their issues are perimeter though. It's really hard to put a guy into that like into a system like this quick, but I think because I think that they have a good job at because that would take Claxton or Drummond out of the game. Correct? We're saying that this would be a small ball five. Yeah. So I think that their positive right now is their bigs on defense. Like their bigs and Durant are their positives. I know that like Simmons would create a more switchable environment, but their issues are on the perimeter though because you have say that they go with their like lineup that they were playing against Milwaukee late. It was like Kyrie, Seth, Drogage, uh, and. Durant and a big. Okay. So if you go with that, Kyrie's not a great defender, and Drogage and Seth Curry are not great defenders. Um they'll swap Patty Mills in, but it's just like I I don't know how much Ben will help unless if like you s- replace shooting for size, but then like that takes away spacing. You'll basically have two big men on the floor, and then KD and Kyrie won't be able to create the same shots that they create. So it'll be interesting. I don't think that I, I don't think it'll help much. I don't. I think offensively it'll help. I don't think defensively. Okay. Because well, Simmons is a better playmaker than you can have any center. Like you yeah. except if you have Jokic. Like, I don't know. Who else you could throw in at the five that you could expect to play make better, you know? Because Simmons is a point guard. Yeah. Um, I'm basically in the same boat. I got Cleveland to be to stay at that seven. Um, I don't think they'll like any of these teams will make any except maybe Brooklyn, depending on who they play. Like you said, um, will make any runs in the first round. Um. But I got Cleveland and I got I got Atlanta. Uh, they've been playing hot lately, like you said, five game winning streak. Um, I just have, I have confidence in Trey Young to pull out a game or two games, 
Oh, one game. Yeah. I would take that. Hmm? I would take that. As a Heat fan, I would take I, that. But no, I would uh, <laughs> I got I got confidence in Trey Young to get one game. Um You want you want to talk about the first round in the East and then go out west? We'll just like talk talk about I kind of want this like just talk about like who you'd like to see as a matchup. Um so like for me, I want the standings to kind of stay the same right now. Okay. Because uh, I want I would like to see a second round matchup of well, first of all, the a first round matchup of Milwaukee and Toronto. I feel like that'd be a really solid matchup. Um, I think Milwaukee runs through them, but I think Toronto can make a few games, maybe steal one or two. Um Guy, maybe, can I stop you? I think Toronto. No, 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 no. This is this is what I'm saying. Because I'm saying the best team in the league. I am saying. I'm not saying Milwaukee wins. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying. I'm not saying that Toronto wins. No, no, no. I'm saying Chicago and Toronto flip. Well, they're tied right now, and Toronto is in a bit of a pickle. Hypothetically, this is the situation. I I want to see a Toronto Philly first round. Uh, why is that? Because Toronto and Nick Nurse have done a phenomenal job at making big Joel Embiid the possible MVP of the NBA struggle. They're one team that defensively could throw a lot at them. And they've also showed this same stuff against Milwaukee in the past. Like their championship year, they played the Bucks in the champ in the conference finals. Um, but I want to see, I think that that'd be a really fun series. And I think that the Chicago Milwaukee matchup would be really fun also where you're having Milwaukee's running through Chicago right now. Well, Levine's not playing tonight. Um, but I think that those two series would be very fun, very like, you'd have two different styles going on where you'd have the Chicago who's going to try to outscore you since their defense turned to whatever you want to say um, since Lonzo hasn't come back. Um, and then Milwaukee is trying to find their stride. They're, they had a great week last week. They did lose to Dallas in a close one. But um, – That'd be a really good series. Probably go five, five gentlemen sweep. Uh, I think Demar would take a game. Uh, and then the Philly Toronto, I think would go seven. Uh, I think Philly's struggling right now. I don't like. I wouldn't say that they're struggling. Let me rephrase that. They're in a weird situation where you have consistently. Yes. Yes. And Not then their late games, in close games, I don't trust them because their lineups are, you're, it's like weird, but I, like, I don't know why they're like, why Doc is putting these lineups in at times, but I think that Toronto, due to their just like, we're going to go balls to the wall and just like play hard. We're going to throw everything at you that could make you uncomfortable. I think that they end up actually making James Harden try to beat them. Like, I think, like, hey, we're going to take every way else away. James Harden, you beat us. Let's see what you got. Like, James Harden has a history of struggling in the playoffs, getting hurt. Like, playoffs have not been kind to him. 
So we'll see what happens. That'll be the fun one for me. And then second round, I do want to see uh, the uh, Boston. That's that's the one I want to see second round. That's that, that'd be a very. I think my, I think Miami has an easy road if it stays this way. If it stays, yeah, Toronto, Miami will make the Toronto conference. will give them some problems. Uh, they Toronto have, will give anyone problems. Yeah. Um. If if it is your way, I'm not saying I'm not sure if Toronto would win the series. I'm saying it would go seven games. I think Joel Embiid would end up winning, but I think it'd be very interesting. Miami Philly because like if that if those top four teams got out of the first round that, that would be a very very good matchup R- regardless of how it shakes out because you can have we can end up seeing say Boston slips up these next couple without Robert Williams and you have a second round where it's Miami Boston Milwaukee Philly like those would be two really good series too like any way you shake these out like it'd be it'd be some fun fun basketball yeah Playoffs um always fun. Um, let's go out to the West, though. I cut you off. I was going to say, let's head out West. Okay, let's head out to Cali. (laughs) Um, so we're going to assume that the Lakers are not going to make the play. We have to go based on what's here at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's going to stay majority the same in the play-in. Uh, maybe San Antonio and New Orleans flip. But still at the same game. I think Utah will end up at seven. Okay. I was just thinking about this. This is probably from what it sounds like Utah's last run with this team. (laughs) So you haven't watched them at all, have you? I've heard that they've been sucking. They haven't been. All right. So it's like they're good for three quarters and then they've been falling apart. I heard that they are not giving the ball to Gobert at all. Well, I mean, you you can't blame them for that, but that's about the only thing I've heard. And then I haven't, I like, is Donovan Mitchell kind of like hooping or like he's playing well, like silently hooping? Yes, like he's in Utah, he's silently doing everything. Like it's the market. It's it sucks, but it's like it is like it just is what it. It is what it is, but um. Like, they're genuinely playing well for three quarters, and then they're falling apart in the fourth. Um, I, I think they stay at the six, though. Huh? I think they stay at the six, maybe go to the five. You think they move up? Maybe. They're sliding they're right only, now, they're man. Only half a game. They're only half a game behind Denver. So but their, their game separated from Minnesota. And I think Minnesota's Game playing better basketball right now. Game and a half. Game and a half? Yeah. So All right. We'll just we'll just leave it how it is right now. Yes. Just kind of preview it. You know? Just before we get off of the Utah thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Utah, everybody knows what they got. They got they have talent. Like they're like they have the number one offense. And defensively they're twelfth, which is pretty good. You have a top fifteen defense, the number one offense in the NBA. You have Donovan Mitchell. You have like I know it hasn't panned out for them. Like the Rudy Gay signing, they got Jordan Clarkson hasn't had a great year. I think one thing that hurt them was the trade of Joe Ingles. Uh, 
like losing that fabric, that cultural piece. Um, and then along with that, there's just like bad, bad juju, like Gobert talking about Mitchell and like Mitchell saying Gobert childish, like the, the group is more talented than this and they should be able to like get it together and win. I like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Though. They just fell apart against Golden State. But they also yeah, fell apart Golden, the game before that. To I know the Golden Clippers. State shot insanely well, but still. The Clippers the Clippers came back down from down twenty one to beat them. Yeah. Two games before that though. They beat the Lakers though. In between. Yeah. Lakers. Woo-hoo. Um <laughs> But we'll just keep it like this. Uh, they have a tough one tonight, actually, against the uh, Grizz. So. Yeah, they're... But, all right. So, who you got in the 7-8? Okay, I might actually want Utah to fall because that would be a really good game. <laughs> That's what I... The only reason I want it to stay is so that we get the Memphis-Minnesota. I want that I so got Memphis. I got Memphis Clippers. Oh, I'd be scared. I'd be scared if I'm. The, yeah, the, if if I'm Memphis, yeah, I'm terrified. Hey, if I'm Phoenix, I I ain't happy if I get the Clippers. Yeah, well, if we get the Clippers, it's we're, we we don't like the Clippers. We we got some some bad feelings. I guess. You would you would prefer Minnesota. Hundred well, percent. Yeah, because they don't play defense, but they're often Well, yeah, I, I they are a top fifteen defense. We are gen. We are we are gentlemen sweeping either of them. No. The only reason the, the, only reason the Clippers get one is uh, Paul George goes for forty. Norman Powell will come back. I think that that would go to six at least. With Phoenix. Yeah. With D book playing the way D book's playing, and Chris Paul just dictating everything. No. I think that just because of the chip on their shoulders, they're playing really good basketball. They're playing Clipper basketball, yes. Like they're playing, playing really like good basketball. To play. They could have won the title. If if nobody got hurt, they could have won the title. And they yeah, improved. Year, if Kawhi didn't get hurt, yes, they could have. They improved. They added that's Robert that's Covington that's and added, Norman Powell. That's at that last are you talking last year or this year? I'm talking about this year now. I'm t- last year if they were healthy, they could have won the title. Like 100%. Are you are you saying with Kawhi this year or like just in general? I'm saying that if they make it to the first round and they steal a game in Phoenix, say they're the 8 seed, okay? Not happening. Okay. Steal a game in Phoenix and it goes to 6 and then Kawhi Leonard gets cleared. What are you about to do? Like that like I'm fine if Kawhi gets cleared. Kawhi hasn't played in a year. PG was hurt forever and came back and dropped 34. He was hurt for th- uh, two, two, what was it, a month and a half, two months? He was That's hurt since like. That is not a year. He was hurt for a couple months. And it's Kawhi Leonard. He's a top five basketball player on the planet when he's healthy. When he's healthy, if he gets cleared, he won't be 100% healthy. He'd be like 80. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just saying hypothetically, that could be a very scary. Losing game three, winning two in a row. That's what I got. I'm not okay. – we kill those teams. Okay. 
So we no, both we I, both I, had anyways. No, I got the Clippers winning against Minnesota. Okay. And then I I'll I agree with that. I just got them. I just got them flipping. I got Minnesota winning the second one. I don't think either. Maybe the Spurs could make a run, but I don't. I think, think New Orleans has a better shot. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Because if they're they yeah, like Antonio, though. if they have everyone, they're a really good team. And Zion might be coming back. Did you see that today? No. His dad said something in an interview that he's going to play at some point. His dad. Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I I like Dejounte Murray though. I want to. See oh him. my God, we we've raved about him during the All Star. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to see him like do something in this play in this plan. So we both got Minnesota and the Clippers coming out. Yeah, I we just have them flipped. But first first round in the in the West is going to be very good. Yes. It's gonna be. I got uh, if uh, not even if I got the Warriors sweeping the Jazz sweep <laughs> with Curry back. They are the, the oh my god! I would not. I, I don't want to play the Warriors. <laughs> they are the best team of basketball with Curry back. They haven't oh, played Phoenix. a game. They haven't played a game healthy. I know. I know. And Clay's finding a rhythm now. Uh huh. He just and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole looks Poole looks like an all star. Cornerstone. Oh my goodness. Um, like who you got in Dallas, Denver? Who you got there? Dallas. You got in like what six? Dallas seven? in wow. six. Dallas in six. But I think that that's gonna shift. That'd be that'd be that'd be a very good clash. Luka Jokic. I want to see. I actually want Denver to and play maybe Golden State. Jamal Murray coming back. Like I, you said the thing with uh, Utah being a half game, right? Oh, a half game uh, behind Denver. Yes. I would rather see Dallas, Utah, and Golden State, Denver, because they it's more uh, clashes of how they play. Mm-hmm. Because you have Golden State, who's a lot more perimeter-oriented, and then Denver running through Jokic. And then it's a tough guard for Golden State. I think Golden State lost twice to them. I think that they went 1-2 and two, or 1-1. One and one. I'm not sure. but And then Dallas-Utah, they had some good games recently um, where Utah is very offensively oriented with their defense being anchored by Gobert and then Dallas is a defensive oriented unit now under Jason Kidd like we talked about and then offensively it's a lot of ball screen so you're going to have going at Gobert all game so it's going to be like really fun from like a tactical standpoint if those two flip but if not you still have you got the two European stars going at each other and then you got Golden State playing Utah. Like that's just a good series. Like they're like they're a good series regardless. I just like it the other way more. Um So do you also have the top four coming out of this? Because I do. I got the top four. Yeah. Yes. Top four in both conferences are just insanely good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um but um, 
do you want it to stay this way or do you want the only thing that's going to happen is Golden State and Dallas could flip? Would you rather that? No. Like it. I'd like it to stay this way. I like it this way too. Um, because we all want to see something Memphis, in the conference finals. Oh my! No, Memphis Golden State. That'd be good. Oh my! Dallas, God. Dallas, I mean, Phoenix Dallas, would be Dallas, good. Phoenix would be really good. Uh, I got Phoenix at six. Um, I wouldn't mind losing to Luca. Um, I, I don't know about seven. Seven. I think Luca would get I three think games. Phoenix breaks them down. I don't. They're they're so good defensively, man. Okay. So are we. <laughs> <laughs> I like. It's hard to guard Luca and slow him down. It really well, is. Yeah, it's hard to guard Luca, but we got the defensive player of the year to do that. Um. Huh. We got the defensive player of the year that could slow down Luca. Um. But no, Golden State, Memphis, man. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, that play-in game. Oh my god. That. Yeah, that play-in game, but also the Warriors. Are I know, good. I know. So both teams are really like ten times better, but. Um, so I am personally I looking forward to that series. I don't even know how out of that series. That's a seven-game series. Seven. I'm giving it to <laughs> Golden State. It's playing. Unless Golden State's playing like a game seven in Memphis, you got Golden I'm, State. I'm giving it to Golden State. They've been there. Goes to seven, I got Memphis. I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say six. Golden State. If it's six, I got Golden State. If it's seven, it's Memphis. Oh, you're giving it a home court. Whoever, whoever home court, man. I, do you know how crazy that's gonna be in Memphis? Do you remember those games like 2012? Oh my god, the grit and grind, baby. <laughs> they would always play the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> it would always be the versus the Spurs. You're not wrong. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. That's gonna be a good series. But, hey, we got we got ourselves a big time playoff coming up, man. This is gonna be. We'll, talk, we'll We'll definitely get more into that once it's completely set. Uh, uh, we might have plans on t- going more in depth on the playing teams next week once they are set. Um, we'll see though. We'll have to see what's going on with that. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's all getting set. Uh, there isn't going to be. I don't think there's going to. There's really there's only like what like two spots where a lot of flipping could happen. Yeah, it'd be it'd it be was bunched up like two weeks ago. <laughs> it was really bunched up. It'd be more so like the one seed Miami is currently up right now in the third quarter. So if they win tonight, I think that they'll lock it pretty much. Yeah, they kind of clinch it, yeah. Um but the there's one, still the movement one. two through four. Five and six could flop, and then the eight, the nine, ten, nine, ten could flop, and then if it landed, like the back, the play in could flip around a lot. Same with the West, the nine, ten could change. You can see that movement from five to seven in the West, but besides that, I think it's pretty locked. Three, four, possibly. Three, four, possibly. But I, I think it's pretty locked though. Uh, there's not much. There's not much movement. It will be basically like this. That's kind of why we did that. 
uh, preview. But we'll dive in more though, for sure. Yeah, next week. Uh, but like, this will be a fun week in the NBA. Um, you know, teams kind of trying to get that this last uh, little stretch to get set for this intense playoffs that we were talking about. But that's what, it's going to be some of the best NBA playoffs that I think in recent yeah. memory. We said we said before the season how uh, how kind of even the league is this year, um, and it's been one of the best NBA seasons in a while. Um, I mean, we kind of say that every year, though. <laughs> it's going it's to be a very fun playoffs. I know we said that five times, but I guess we'll end it here. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, we got a video dropping this Friday. Uh, we're going to try to get back in rhythm uh, due to travel and flight cancellations and some basketball game that happened on Monday. Uh, that's why the video was delayed. The natty. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought you played or something. I was like, what the heck are you talking no. about? No, no. Uh, <laughs> that's why this one got delayed. But um, we'll be back in our rhythm. Podcast Wednesday, videos Friday. But with the playoffs, we might be having a little bit more content coming your way. Uh, I had fun in this one. Back in my realm in the NBA. Uh, so, I'm ready. to get caught up a little bit, but... I'm ready to rumble. It's playoff time, baby. But thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Check out the YouTube. Like, subscribe, and share on there. Rate the podcast and share it with your friends. So we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.